Welcome to the Airport Experience News Podcast. I'm Ramon Lowe, the publisher of AXN and the host of this pod. I can't believe that as I record this intro, it's been about a year since I launched the podcast. I uh, first want to thank all of my past guests who took the time out of their busy schedules to chat with me. I also want to thank all my future guests who will be taking time out of their busy schedules to chat with me. Uh, But also, I really want to thank all of you out there who um, have been listening pretty much from the beginning or have really come on board um, as of late and have gone back and continue to listen to our uh, growing catalog. Our listenership is growing, so really, let's keep things rolling. Please share us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. Also worth noting, it's been a year, so we have a year's worth of content just for you. Check them all out. They're all still a great listen. Well, this is episode 68, and here I chat with Mr. Song and Jonathan Song of Plaza Premium Group. Well, the power of technology, folks. It brought us together as the songs were recording in Hong Kong while I was in um, our office in Boca Raton, Florida. There was a huge difference uh, in time as well as geography. It was about 11 o'clock at night their time, 11 my time. So I really appreciate them uh, taking the time to speak with me um, under these circumstances. Basically, to sum it all up, we chat about the continued rise of the lounge category, and we got to learn a lot about their new services and their view on the North American market. Anyway, here is my conversation with Mr. Song and Jonathan Song. So I'm joined by both Mr. Song and Jonathan Song, the founder and CEO and the group business development director, respectively, of Plaza Premium Group. Gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Well, thank you. Thank you, Ramon. Happiness. Well, this is my very, very first international podcast. I've never gone outside of the United States, and you guys are coming all the way from Hong Kong, I believe, correct? Uh, yes, that's right. Uh, so uh, good, uh, good morning to you uh, <laughs> uh, uh, in the U.S., and good evening to us uh, uh, in midnight, uh, our time in Hong Kong. <laughs> well, I, I truly appreciate you taking the time to speak to me, especially considering the time difference. So uh, we'll get into it right now. So Jonathan, um, you know, you and I connected earlier this year, thanks to a good friend of mine, Tanya Pastorell, and she gave me a bit of a primer about your business and your efforts in expanding it to North America. And gentlemen, uh, you know, it, it really got me thinking about lounges as a category. You're essentially a niche category in a niche industry, and yet this category seems to be expanding. And this is what I'm really, really interested in, but we can get into that shortly. So first, I'd love for you to kind of give me a bit of a primer um, and a brief history of Plaza Premium Group. Okay, Ramon, I think uh, is the uh, the founder of the company. Obviously, it's, uh, it's better for me to explain how we came about this business. Actually, I, I found this business by my own personal web experience. I used, when I worked for the uh, bank in, uh, when I worked, when I work for the bank, uh, because of my seniority, obviously I have a privileges to travel business class. And do you know, airline will provide lounges before you board the plane. And until I started my own business, I have to travel economy class because every cent has to come out of my own pocket. So when I travel economy class, I realized that there's no more lounge available for me mm-hmm. because the lounge, it, it's a privilege for the what we call CIP customer, the commercial important customer. And uh, obviously, travel economy class, you are not entitled to use it. And I re- remember about, wow, 30 years ago, we don't have email and we don't have also uh, 
uh, uh, we have a computer where uh, after two hours we had to recharge our battery, and we had to prepare our wood processing with the sex uh, sent by a sex machine. So when I whenever I reached the airport, I I got into very frustrated because basically I had to go and steal electricity in the public alley <laughs> to recharge my battery, <laughs> and also and also nobody can send the my my uh, my fax message to my customer who I'm going to meet. So this kind of frustrations that cost me from the, my my business wisdom, where you look at a full board of plane, ten or fifteen percent make our first and business class. Where airline will provide services, long services to this ten or fifteen percent of people, the eighty-five percent travel economy class, but nobody is taking care of them, and I've, I'm one of the eighty-five percent. So I realized that hey, if the, if the airport is is humane enough and understand what called customer service, they should also take care of this eighty-five percent of people. So bound to have few percent of eighty-five percent of people require. Lung services come uh, business center services. So at that time, I was frustrated. I said, hey, why don't I set up something similar, similar to the lounge that provide by the airline and yet I have a business center services. So I have an opportunity to start the first one in Hong Kong in 1998. At that time, seriously, I set up this uh, lounge services in the airport uh, open to everybody regardless what airline you travel, regardless what class of traveling. And the first one I set up, obviously, uh, out of my frustration. But who knows, after 21 years, we have about over 160 outlets in the world and in 46 international airports, and we are serving nearly 50 million people now. Wow, congratulations. Uh, and I love the story that it always starts from a pain point, <laughs> right? It always becomes from like, I needed something and it wasn't there. So you know what? I'm just going to make it. I, I, so I love hearing that part of the story whenever, uh, you know, I, I interview folks on, the, on, on this format. Yeah, actually, uh, Ramon, uh, in these 20 years, we not only uh, extend our lung services where uh, industry itself realized that uh, Plaza Premium Group able to met, operate, operate the independent lounge and also we extend to manage airline launches. And uh, recently, we realized there is one group of uh, passengers want elevated services. So we also, we came up with the idea of Plaza Premium First. I mean, we are serving a first class, very elite passengers, okay? And that's how we bring ourselves uh, very different compared with the market itself. We, we continue, to, uh, innovate and come up with new idea, new concept. So, so basically, we are expanding horizontally. Uh, uh, sorry, we are expanding vertically in our, our business. Where from operating our own independent lounge, we help airlines to manage lounge, we manage corporate lounge, and also we operate the first class lounge. I think the first class lounge is the first of the kind also in the world. So we we always like to disrupt the in, in industry and try to come up with a new idea. So I'm glad you mentioned uh, Plaza Premium first, because I was uh, doing a little bit of background on the company. I see you do have several different products from the Plaza Premium Lounge, Plaza Premium First, uh, even Aerotel, which is I'm really, really interested in, by the way. Um, I'd love for you uh, to talk about the differences between the products, and do they have uh, universal application in terms of being in any country in any airport? 
Okay, in fact, uh, when we started product being announced, obviously we continue to innovate to come up with different uh, sort of products, uh, different services. Like for example, in lunch itself, we cater different type of uh, uh, passengers. Those passengers will come in for food, come in for comfort, uh, comfortable places, and also come to work. So we try to design our lounge to cater different category, a wide range of requirements in the airport. Yes. Then we move on after listening to the customer requirement, and we start up with Plaza Premium first. I think the logic behind starting with Plaza Premium first because airline they have a very elite customer. Okay, like for example, those people who diamonds, uh, uh, tears of the airline, and so most of the airline when they, when they other than home base, okay, they have their own uh, uh, first class lounge. When they go to overseas normally, they don't have first class lounges. So they put the business class and first class together. So what we do is to solve the airline problem, become being a partner for airline. We, we develop this first class lounge to take care of uh, airline elite customer where they, they, they will not want to, it's not economical for them to develop a first class lounge in the country. So what we do is to help them to take care of first class lounge. The differences between the first class and normal business class lounge when the first class lounge where we have a lounge ambassador, we'll receive our guests, provide a guided lounge tour. So all our guests feel comfortable with the lounge environment and also easy for them to navigate through the space to enjoy the facility. Okay. Then we have then we have Bar to build, to offer a fine wine, champagne. We have largest collection of Scott whiskey at the airport. <laughs> we have Italian coffee, <laughs> wow. special tea, cocktail, mocktail, you name it. And also we have a fine dining, the Alaka dining, where we, we call ourselves Primo, the, the restaurant called Primo. We change our menu from time to time. So our guests will get, now we know that our guests will get bored with the same menu. So then also we brand a partnership with Kongunen, uh, with uh, F&B brand, and also we provide a massage, a shower with a good quality of amenities. So it's totally a different feeling uh, when you'll be treated with pampered when you come into the Asaprima first. This sounds like people would want to just come to the airport and never leave the lounge, honestly, <laughs> with all the amenities that you're <laughs> mentioning. I'm, I'm just being truthful here. Uh, actually, actually, what actually we are, the whole group is sell what we are selling. We are selling four things actually. We're selling convenience, mm-hmm. comfort, value, and love and care. If anything we do, you have to meet these four requirements. Otherwise, we, our product is not considered a good quality product. No, certainly, certainly. So I, I'm going to admit, I'm going to you know confess here. You know, my exposure to lounges is limited. You know, I have to say, I've never been in a common use lounge. I've really only been in an airline lounge, which is United and which it was okay. And I've been in there a couple of times. Um, and it's really a nice amenity. You get better internet, stop receding food, drink, like you said, but it seems like um, use of lounges abroad versus their use in the United, uh, uh, in the States, you know, I'd love for you to comment on that, on the differences. And maybe it's just differences in behavior because it seems like it's being more accepted now because I see a lot of the RFPs coming out looking for non-retail passenger service type uh, amenities. Uh, Jonathan, you'd like to comment on that, please? Yeah, sure. Um, hi, Ramon. So, yeah, I'd love to comment on that because this is exact, oh, exactly what you're mentioning is uh, exactly what our group 
um, our development, our business development team is actually working on. So there are, there actually has been a lot of trends um, right now in recent, in the recent year or so of a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of interest within U.S. airports for what we call, uh, what in the U.S. call common use airport lounge, but in the rest of the world, we call it independent airport lounges. And we actually believe that it's, it's, this trend has just slowly, um, slowly emerged given that there's just been a lot of, um, requests from the customers as Mr. Song had, um, highlighted, uh, you know, within the full board of the plane. 15% are the ones who always enjoy 15%, such as their first class, business class, always have that full amenity of an airline lounge. But it's within that 80 to 85%, the rest of the, the for the majority, there's bound to be some, uh, some of them who want to enjoy such services. So I'm sure this is now, um, now the industry is changing. People now have choices. They are demanding for such services. So, I mean, uh, a catchphrase that I always like to say is that, you know, you might not be VIP in the air, but you can still be VIP at the ground uh, at a much lower marginal cost, of course. But, you know, so that's why like, we see like the emergence of this happening. And and I just like to say, like, um, another thing is one of the reasons we believe that in, in the U.S., uh, we see that why there's emergence of now the independent airport lounges is because simply put, the I would say there has been a shift in the industry, the a democratization of the aviation industry. So now people have a a wide range of choices when they fly. They don't necessarily have to fly in one specific airport. They can fly in multiple airports. There are so many different hubs um, all across the U.S. There are so many different airlines, traditional carriers. Your American, your United, your Delta. And even your um, your low cost carriers, um, such as uh, or, or there's your Southwest, your Jet Blues, your um, your Spirits, and what have you. So people have a wide range of choices. So nowadays, how do airports compete? So right now, airports have to compete not just to, uh, just to be the most convenient uh, as a as a location, but they actually have to be the one that provides the most value proposition to customers. So in the end of the day, we see that airports are leading towards um, and positioning themselves as a destination. So um, our company, as for, for instance, Plaza Premium Group, is just one of the many uh, fundamental uh, contributors to enable airports to be able to uh, be a destination in itself and to attract the customers to come over. Uh, I, I like to substantiate it, actually. If you look at the airport in the United States itself, uh, remember the air, uh, traveling there in the United States normally is a very domestic, little domestic international, they will group together. The infrastructure itself was not built for this kind of services. Correct. So that's the reason when you see in the airport in, in the United States, when there is any disruption, you can see people sitting on the floor, it crowded over the place. Why? Because the infrastructure was not built for that. But like Jonathan said, uh, uh, people more this travel become more discerning and that the uh, different type of people traveling, they are traveling with families and also there's a big trend that people working alone in the in the in the in the home and they can be they can be more free than confine themselves in the in the office. So when they travel they want to make sure the airport have all those facilities. 
And plus also, like Jonathan said, that airport become a destination already. And that you, they must have a good experience in the, in the airport. Otherwise, uh, why should they fly through this airport or transit into your airport if you don't have a facility where they have a lot of facilities in nowadays? So another thing is that uh, lounge is a good product for an airline to differentiate the product compared with the other airlines. So you can see recently a lot of uh, main uh, uh, carry in the United States also, they upgrade their services in the lounge because they realize lounge services is very, very important for the experience of the, uh, uh, for the, for the passengers. So it's very important to have a good quality of lounge so that the, the loyalty, the customer will remain loyal to the, to the, uh, to the airlines. Yeah, I, I think, and you bring up two things that I definitely want to address. Address One of them is, I think like anything, we here in the States have always just been conditioned to understand lounges as just being the airline lounge and it's exclusive and it's not open to, you know, there isn't the common use or as you say, independent airport lounge. And I think as... Uh, I've been here for 15 years now as the, as the industry kind of shifts where there are just a smattering of, you know, common use lounges that are accessible to, to everyone, you know, but not everywhere. I think people are starting to see it's a little, it's, it's different and odd, but now it's almost becoming learned behavior or I guess a learned understanding or an awareness of the product so that now it's opening up to like, you know, yourself and, and maybe your competitors to having this amenity available to them. I, so I think that's what, that's probably the part of the rise. And the other thing I wanted to point on to um, is Jonathan, when you and I spoke, I really glommed onto something that you had mentioned to me and it was the, the, the phrase of airport hospitality. And when you were going over, Mr. Song, all the things that you guys offer from the, all, you know, the, the, the wide array of uh, scotches and whiskeys and, and the, the food and wines and things like that. It's not limited to just a good place to sit down and, and rest and, and relax. But can you speak about the term airport hospitality a bit? Uh, so thanks, Ramon, for uh, asking about airport hospitality. Uh, actually, in fact, um, traditionally, when we think about non-aeronautical revenue, um, one would think about the categories of travel retail or food and beverage traditionally. However, we'd like to introduce a third category of non-aeronautical revenue, which is airport hospitality. Um, this uh, avenue of airport hospitality ranges from what we have within our portfolio, from lounges to hotels to meet and greet and services across the board. So we think this is a very important segment moving forward, and not only for non-aeronautical revenue, but also to help uh, airports to also improve upon their customer experience, as well as their ASQ scores, to create a seamless end-to-end. So this is definitely the, uh, what we see as a trend uh, in the future. Many, in, uh, many out there uh, see us originally just as a lounge company. And the lounge company, of course, uh, you know, doing as Plaza Premium Lounge, uh, uh, we have serviced the uh, customers and, uh, and their needs, and respectively. However, what we have taken a, a little bit of a different approach. We look at things a little holistically. So when we look at the entire customer journey, we look from the customer journey from start to end. So what does that mean? So from start to end, it means maybe from your, um, from your origin to your transit to your destination experience when you're flying across from departure, transit, and destination. In each point, there are different touch points uh, that can be, uh, in, um, that, can, that the passengers can uh, enjoy. So just an example of this, 
uh, so for, uh, using ho- airport hospitality, when you are in your origin destination, you may enter into the lounge uh, three hour, two hours before your flight. And you may actually transit into one of our airport hubs. The airport hubs may be in Abu Dhabi. It may be in Singapore. And you have a nine-hour layover. So you have nine hours in the airport until your next flight. So it's too far to go into downtown to live in a hotel. So what we have, other than our just lounges, we also provide what we call our Aerotel services. So Aerotel is an airport hotel. So we have an airport hotel uh, which is uh, made available uh, so that one can stay in a nice, comfortable space for around four, six, nine hours. And then immediately after that, uh, w- w- upon your arrival of your next destination, uh, we also have another service, such what we call meet and greet. So we have our passenger, uh, we have uh, guest uh, service officers from our brand uh, of meet and greet brand named Always that will go and pick up the passenger uh, upon arrival straight from the gate, usher them through security, usher them through immigration and help them with their baggage and, and so forth. And in, in, even to the in, in arranging for the limousine. So you really see that it is truly an enter and experience because we believe that, you know, travel is not just limited to one into one airport in one area, the travel is the entire journey. So what we want to do is to be an enabler uh, for the travelers or an enabler for the airports to um, to be able to help the customers throughout their journey from origin, transit to destination by providing the different facilities and services across the many touch points. Uh, Ramon, uh, I think uh, Jonathan explained uh, a lot of our services. I think it's very important for me to sort of communicate with you tell you how this product came about. Actually, we started, like I said, like I mentioned earlier, I started the lung services, okay, independent lung service out of my bad experience. And after several years in the business, uh, while we're talking, I observe what the passenger wants. We realize that there's certain elite of passengers, they want a better services that we develop first, uh, plus a premium first, it's a first class services. Then there's a horizontal, uh, there's a horizontal, uh, there's a vertical type of uh, expansion. Then we continue to observe our passengers, okay, while we're operating the lounges. We saw people lying on the floor, sleeping on the floor. Then we start asking them, hey, why you sleep on the floor? And they start telling us, yeah, because it's overnight, we don't want to pay hotel 24 hours, we only need a few hours to sleep. So we realize that, hey, that's a niche for the hotel where people only want to pay certain hours instead of 24 hours. In any conventional hotel you're going to stay, you, you have to pay 24 hours, although you only, uh, even uh, even though you want to, you, you require only a few hours sleep. Mm-hmm. So we invented this product called Aerotel. We combine Aero Hotel into one word called Aerotel. We register worldwide and we provide uh, services to the, to the passenger where they need to sleep for a few hours and they pay according to the usage. So they don't have to pay 24 hours. And plus also what we have is very flexible in terms of time. They can check in any time they want. Yeah. So this is a factor. And plus also our aerotel is all attached to airport itself. So what we do is to provide convenience and comfort to the, to the, to the passenger. And then we continue to uh, evolve our, our product, continue to innovate our product. We met, we developed what we call meet and greet services. And we realized a lot that 
For example, if your old mother arrives, okay, in the city where they do not know the uh, the places well, so what we can do, we get our staff to meet them at the gate, usher them to immigration and customs, and bring them out to meet a greeters area. Vice versa, we can pick them from the pick up from the, the curb, usher them to immigration and customs, uh, 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 immigration and 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 security, and bring them to the the plane as well. So we do all those kinds of services to provide convenience again to the passengers. Then we, we, we go on to observe what the customer wants. We realize that, oh, look at the airport. You look at the airport, the food they have, okay, is mainly uh, uh, what we call a, conv uh, uh, a convenient food. So not many airports emphasize in what they call um, healthy food. So we begin look into that. We try to provide healthy food for the passengers, uh, for the passengers as well. If it's very important, you want to develop in this business, we have to continue to evolve ourselves, innovate ourselves, and also observe the the demography of the passenger as well. See how the changes, the required changes, their need changes, and also look into the culture. Uh, of the of the area as well. So, Mr. Song, you mentioned it in one of your previous answers. Uh, I believe you you spoke about infrastructure. As you guys come into this uh, space and and obviously traveling throughout the United States, you know a lot of our a lot of our environments are are aging structure. There is a movement now to update the environments and, and make it more expansive and more passenger friendly. Um, but still, there a lot of them are are kind of almost uh, configured pre nine eleven, which obviously is is not great. Whereas uh, obviously, internationally, you have, you know, Changi seems to be the, the crown jewel in everyone's eyes, but, you know, these are much newer airports. Do you find that the, I, I don't want to say lack, but uh, I guess maybe the constraints of a space that you cannot but work into is kind of inhibiting growth in, in some ways? Ramon, obviously, any new services we want to introduce, especially in the airport, definitely there's a lot of challenges. The first challenges we're facing uh, in in the worldwide is to convince airport authority to change their tradition thinking where they launch only for the CIP customer, not open to everybody. So what we try to do is to disrupt the industry where the launch is open to everybody, regardless of what airline you travel, regardless of what class you travel. And these first challenges. Second challenges we are facing is a space constraint because most of the mature airport I don't have don't have a lot of sort of space where we require about at least okay six or seven thousand square feet area to develop a lounge. So it is space constraint is one of the challenges as well. And other challenges like for example, find a right people to who has passion in the service industry to work is also a, is a biggest challenge as well. Uh, nowadays people like to be served, not to serve people. So these also our challenges as well. And uh, and different uh, even 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 between the United States, different states itself have different uh, set of rule and regulation. So you have to flexible to understand each rule and regulation and and also each requirement. So it is also a challenge for us as well. So these are the challenges we face. Uh, but regardless of anything, uh, we have been in the business for over twenty years, and uh, because of the network that we have. The strong network we have and also experience we have, every time we go to the new places, we bring the best practice okay, to the new places. 
So as we move on, and we always come a new idea, new concept uh, to introduce into the airport. So my last question for you uh, both, really, and it's, it's kind of two parts. Um, would love for you to kind of look into your crystal ball and uh, one, share what you see or what you maybe predict um, what this lounge segment will look like in three to five years. And in the second, obviously, the future for Plaza Premium Group. Hmm. Okay, let me answer you the first question. Obviously, you all know the airport now begins to adopt the technology. Okay, especially in the immigration and also the security. So I anticipate in the next five years we can walk through the airport, okay, without going through a, a counter, immigration counter, and also security conveying belt. So it will be face recognition and scanning. You will walk through into the airport. That's how I anticipate in the next five years. And it actually it is happening slowly now. So when you have this kind of uh, facility, it means people can go very smoothly go into the airport. When you go to the airport, people want a people want a human touch services, okay? Other than duty free shopping to be found in the airport, most of duty free, most of the shopping nearly the same, okay? But what they really want is a place to rest, a place to work, and a place for the children to play around. So this is how we can play a very important role in the in the ecosystem of traveling in the airport. Uh, Sorry, Ramon, I'd just like to add this uh, a point of, to what Mrs. Saul had mentioned. So like within three to five years, we definitely see the prevalence of independent airport lounges to be more of an important uh, uh, a facility uh, within airports across the world, including the ones in the US. And you know, actually, in fact, within three to five years, Oh, you know, a lounge. Yes, it's it's one and uh, one can design a lounge. However, it's actually quite important that we want to emphasize on the experiential parts. So, to in what we foresee in the future, that we will be an experiential zone. So there'll be a lots of you know you know automated um, just basically to the airlines. You know, there's automated admissions into the lounges. Uh, we are able to do a lot of cross-brand collaboration. Uh, with um, with a lot of uh, different brands across our services, the introduction of um, co-working spaces, integrating health and wellness inside the lounge facilities. Uh, you know, um, we can introduce different cooking, uh, um, different live cooking uh, facilities to um, and, and, and enriching the kind of offering. So there's a bunch of things that one can be doing within the lounge space. And we think that this will become the future norm of lounges in general moving forward. Ramon, yes. uh, just now the second question you asked, what is the, our futures of independent lounge? Uh, obviously that there are more people will start getting into this lounge uh, business. In fact, they are starting already in America although we are the first one to start in the world in 1998, people see this a very good business concept. But in order to do well in this business, I think it's very important you must have a solid training background, now you must have training facilities, and you must have a passionate group of people, and more important, you must have network. Why is it important? Because people fly internationally. So they can get a consistent quality of service from us. Either they go to state, they go to Europe, Asia, or Australia, where we have presence everywhere. 
so they can expect this is consistent quality of service. So it's very important to develop a very strong network in the industry as well. And obviously this business will continue to extend. I give you an example. We are present women is only in 46 international airports. In the world, we feel that there are thousands over international airports where we can operate launches. So mathematically, we are less than 5% of the market. So you can see the white market, the white area is so huge. Well, this has been great. And, and once again, gentlemen, thank you for your time. No, thank you very much, Ramon. I really appreciate it.